okay, what if this is the year where you can have aligned prosperity? What if this summer you can actually have business success without losing yourself or precious time with your family or without putting your faith last? What if this is the year where you can do that, where you can actually thrive and succeed without being consumed or obsessed with what it is that you do? Hey friend, you're listening to the Gracious Warrior Podcast with me, your host, Jodine Barba. If things like aligned prosperity, a healthier body, a calmer mind, and a happier home speak to your heart, you're in the right place. I love reminding people where their true identity comes from and how equipped we actually are to be who God has called us to be with grace and strength. I have something to say and I hope it blesses you. Let's start the conversation. Welcome to today's episode. We are going to be talking about hustle culture, just kind of unveiling some of the truth and kind of the dark side of hustle culture. I have to give this little disclaimer. I am not talking about ambition or grit and tenacity, perseverance, hard work. All of those things are beautiful and amazing. Without ambition, where would we be as a society, right? But what I am talking about is hustle culture because it can have some negative consequences. And essentially what hustle culture is, is when we feel that that we need to constantly be working, especially in like a masculine state, constantly working from that place in order to have success. And that can lead to overworked human beings and completely burned out people. And that's not a good thing. It can lead to mental exhaustion and physical health problems. It can strain our relationships with people that mean the most to us or even our coworkers. And really just having an imbalance of, of work-life balance. That's, you know, is that ever really like a, a perfect balance? No, probably not. But when it's really far off because we're so, we're working so hard and we're just constantly feeling like if, we work harder or we hit a certain goal or we have a certain level of success, then we'll have worth, then we'll have value. Oh, that is just such an exhausting place to be. So, um, I last week was invited by my friend Lily to go to a women in business conference that was put on here in the Pacific Northwest by Umqua Bank. And it was so good. There were some really incredible speakers. I'm hoping to have Lily on here and we were going to talk more about it and I can't wait for you to meet her and and hear about her story and she's just such an inspiring person so stay tuned for that but a couple of the things that I learned at this this conference is and it, it was like a five-hour thing it wasn't even like a conference like for the weekend but it was it was incredible it was jam-packed full of goodness um so we've heard of like quiet quitting or the the great quiet resignation, like people leaving the workforce or just really not showing up to their job in a way that maybe they used to. So that's been going on I last year and in 2021, it's just been like a, a common theme that, that everybody's been noticing and, and it's been talked about quite a bit. So what's being noticed now in 2023, just this year, is that actually more women are leaving the workforce, they're leaving their place of employment just this year than they have 
in the last several years combined. And that the number of women who feel that they can't turn off work, like they don't know how to shut it off. It has increased by 10% since last year. So even last year, women in general are struggling with they don't know how to shut off their work. That's increased by 10%, which now means that 63% of women have no ability to switch off their work. They don't know how to shut it off. And that is just not sustainable. That is just going to lead to even more exhaustion, more burnout, more quitting or quiet quitting, women leaving the workforce. It's, it's just exhausting. And it's contributing to 33% of women, women having very poor mental health. That's just a, a, a thing right now is that over one third of women are rating their mental health as either poor or very poor. And this is Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm hoping to have one of my good friends. She's a mental health expert. That's her field of work. I would love to have her come on here and talk to us more about some of these statistics and stuff and what she's learning and, and how to cope and how to deal. I think it would be really incredible. But I just wanted to preface this episode today with some of these things that I learned from the Women in Business Conference because I think probably some of my listeners are relating to this and I want them to know that they're not alone. You are not alone. If you're feeling like I don't feel comfortable sharing with coworkers or my employer or even my, my spouse that I'm actually struggling with my mental health. If you don't feel comfortable, you, you're not alone. That a high percentage of women do not feel like they can share with anybody that they're struggling with their mental health. And I think there's a lot of contributing factors to that. And we can learn more about that in a future episode. But I personally feel that based on my experience and the different people that I've talked to, that hustle culture, and I'm speaking mainly to entrepreneurs here or business women, that hustle culture is definitely contributing to that. That imposter syndrome, never enough, finding our worth and our value based on our achievements or accomplishments, it's a real thing. And so what it, what it can do is it can make women feel like they're failing if they don't hit certain goals when their worth and their value is dependent on achievements or success. If they're in this environment, like this vortex of you've got to work harder, you've got to hustle harder, you've got to hit this goal, and then not knowing how to shut it off, it just is re- leading to a mentality where people or women are starting to really prioritize their own success over their own well-being. They're prioritizing their own success over the well-being of other people. And it's leading to, to selfish behaviors or really detached mentalities or perhaps even unethical behavior in the workplace and maybe outside of the workplace. So it's, it's a really dangerous thing. And I wanted to share um, it's something that I haven't told anybody on the podcast yet, but... I don't know if, if you know me, if you've known me for a long time, you probably know this about me, but chances are most people listening to this don't know me very well. And I thought I'd just share this. So I think it was the year 2006. Yes, it was 2006. Um, I was working in an outpatient physical therapy clinic. I had two little boys at that time. They would have been aged three and almost seven. And I was working full time in an outpatient physical therapy clinic and honestly already was feeling a little bit burnt out. I hadn't even been in my career for that long, but I was feeling like I needed to go get some sort of advanced certification or, um, get my doctorate or, you know, do something 
And I was really at that place where it was like I was torn between young children at home and working full time and ambition and all of that stuff. But I, I felt like if I could just do more, there had to be something more where I could be serving people and, and impacting people in a bigger way. So one of my best friends was Mrs. Oregon at that time. And she was sharing with me, you know, how when her reign was coming to an end, you know, she was hoping that I would compete in the pageant and, and perhaps be the next Mrs. Oregon. I was like, yeah, right. That's never going to happen. There is no way you're going to get me to walk across that stage in a swimsuit after having two kids with a panel of judges and an audience. No way. Nope. But she started sharing with me about, you know, having the platform as Mrs. Oregon and what it could do in the community and, um, childhood obesity at that time was a, was a really hot topic and something that was near and dear to my heart, you know, for being in the field of physical therapy, I thought I could do more for the community. And so, so I started getting the vision of like, okay, I could do this. And next thing you know, I find myself like preparing for this pageant and competing and kind of getting into it and really growing myself, knowing who I was, what I stood for, what was important to me, which superseded anything to do with a swimsuit. And Next thing you know, it's the pageant weekend, and I and I won. I won the title of Mrs. Oregon, two thousand six, and it was a crazy experience, like in a in a really good way. And and that actually was a stepping stone towards entrepreneurship for me. I didn't even know it yet. I didn't even. I thought I was going to be furthering physical therapy in the community. I you know I thought that's kind of what it was about, but it actually wasn't. It was actually leading me towards a path of entrepreneurship because it was that same year that I started a business and it was such an incredible um, experience for me. Here's one of the things I learned though. The reason why I bring this up is that after you win and you've got this title and you know, honestly, if you put me in front of a different set of judges on that same day or perhaps the same set of judges on a different day, somebody else would have won. Like it's kind of I don't get all in my head like, oh, I won. No, it just, anybody can win. It's just any given day, the stars aligned. (laughs) Just kidding. But um, I won. And so after you win, you go and you do appearances and engagements and, you know, that sort of thing. And you wear your crown and, you know, different outfits and stuff. And it it was kind of fun to meet new people. And I got to to speak and talk about childhood obesity. And um, it was cool. It was a good experience. The part that I struggled with is I would go into the schools and I would read this book in the classrooms with little kids and they would see, especially little girls, with somebody come into their classroom with a crown on their head, it's kind of a big deal, you know? And one time I remember taking the crown off of my head, this little girl was like, you're a princess, you're a real princess. And I just finally was like, actually, I'm not. But, but we are all are princesses and we're God's princesses is what I wanted to say, but it was a public school and I couldn't say that, but I took the crown off of my head and I put it on her little head and I just kind of held it there and I was looking at her and I just said, honey, you're a princess too. We're all princesses in our own way. And, and it just, it just really got me thinking about how you can put a crown on anybody's head And people are going to look and think, oh, wow, they must be something special because they have a crown on their head. And it's kind of the same thing in business, in entrepreneurship. It's like, oh, wow, they drive that car. They must be a big deal. Oh, they have that 
that title or they've published that many books or, you know, we start kind of putting people on a pedestal because of achievements or because of a title. And I just want to remind you that maybe that's you. Maybe you have the title. Maybe you've had the achievements. And I just, and maybe you're feeling, still feeling inadequate. And probably you do because those achievements or titles or positions or pay scales don't actually define you. They don't actually make you who you truly are, who God has called you to be. And it's really easy to get kind of lost in all of that. And I found myself there, you know, imposter syndrome kicks in, you know, or, or maybe arrogance kicks in, all, you know, probably all of the above. But what I found myself in, in business in a different place where I, I was real, I felt that people knew me because of my title. And I'm just specifically talking about work. You take me outside of work or, you know, with family and stuff, they don't care what my title is or whatever. It's like, I'm just me. But in the work environment, in that, especially in that hustle culture environment, when somebody has a certain position, that defines them and they, they get people's attention because of that rank or that title. And now, you know, it's been a year and a half since I, I resigned from that position and walked completely away. And now when I'm at an event like a women in business event or or a conference of any sort, or I'm just out and about in the community with other business owners, it's so incredible to just be free, to be me, and not be locked into a title or a car or anything like that defining who I am. And those were probably constrictions that mainly I put on myself. I allowed those things to define me and my worth and my value. And I hope that this resonates with you in some way where you know the direction that I'm going with this, that remember that your accomplishments or lack thereof do not define you. They are not your worth. They are not your value. It feels so good now to just I am simply a child of God, and that is my most important title of all. Knowing how to how to not get sucked back into um, hustle culture, it's, it's really important. It's an important message, and I want to share that with you. So knowing your foundation first of, of who you are, like know the order of things, what's most important to you in your life, and for me, that's God first, my husband, my kids, my health, and then my job or my successes. And that has helped me so much every single day of going back to that instead of doing, you know, like my morning uh, routine may in the past have been doing affirmations or, you know, doing things. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those. It's just my order was off. I wasn't leaving a whole lot of time for faith and I wasn't putting my family first. Sometimes I felt like I didn't have time to put my faith or my family first because I was so caught up in being busy and hustle culture and achieving. But now what I'm experiencing is that daily commitment to review my order of things. What's most important and starting with the very top, what's most important, starting my day with that and working my way down. I actually feel so free. I feel like I have the same I have the same amount of success that I've had before, but I'm not working constantly. I know how to shut it off and I know who I am. And I want that for you. 
Okay, friend, let's wrap up today's episode with five reminders of biblical principles for us to remember when we want faith as our foundation and having a a life that we're designing that's kingdom focused. This world is not our home, right? It's just a temporary place. And I often remind myself of that. And it really helps me to, to keep things in perspective. And, you know, I think about all that the changes that my family and I have gone through over the last year and a half, and it's been really transformational and very fulfilling. And, you know, we can have a business that's very transactional, just very like getting the job done. And it's just making ends meet and it it can be somewhat happy and enjoy. We can enjoy it, but I'm after the more fulfilling experience of having a fulfilling life and kingdom focused life and a transformation. I want, I want to grow. I want to grow with Christ. I want to, I want to develop my spiritual maturity. I I don't just want to go through the motions and I hope that that is you also. Let's do it together. So five reminders. Number one, trust in God's provision. And as I said, if, if my family and I hadn't gone through this, my boys, my family, we wouldn't have seen the, the daily miracles that were provided for us when we didn't know for sure how this was all going to play out. Le- me leaving behind a substantial income had a massive impact on our family and our daily decisions, our daily choices. We had to make major lifestyle adjustments. And, you know, we weren't sure how things were going to work out. There was no guarantees and it was really uncertain. And it, and, and it still is, nothing is for forever on this earth. Right. And, but I've really learned in the last year and a half, how to just trust that he will provide. And I think it's been really great for my kids. Maybe they didn't think so, you know, as we're in the thick of it, but I think it's really great for them to see how my husband and I were leaning on God to provide for us. And the Bible reminds us that God is the ultimate provider. So living that out has been really rewarding for us. Psalms 37, three through five says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your heart, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. It's such a beautiful reminder. Number two, seek wisdom from God. We as entrepreneurs can so often, or just, you know, business people, we, we want to go to the conferences. We want to go to leadership courses. We, we hire the mentors. We hire the coaches. We do, we do read all the books, listen to the podcast. We do all of those things, trying to grow ourselves and work on our personal development. And I'm not saying that those are bad things. I think that we can learn God uses other people to teach us. But if we're not going to him first, that's where the danger sets in. So remember to seek your wisdom when you're making business decisions. Seek your wisdom from God first and foremost. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask and you shall find. Right? Number three, practice honesty and integrity. This isn't always easy to do when we're stressed out or when somebody makes a decision that could potentially affect our bottom line. I get it. I've been on both sides of that. I've been the one where other people's decisions have put my business in maybe an uneasy place. And then I've been the one on the other side where it's like, I 
I'm being called to something else and I know that it's going to impact other people's lives temporarily in a negative way. But, but it all works out when God's guiding and he's going first and he's calling us to something new. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy and it can rock people's worlds at first. And it's not always easy to handle it with integrity or kindness when, when, especially when scarcity kicks in. And that's such a human, it's human nature where we, we, we get uneasy, especially when it comes to money. When we're worried about profit, we're worried about our life, our lifestyle. Ultimately, we may have to make adjustments with our family if our profit is being impacted because of other people's decisions. And that sometimes doesn't bring out the very best in us. And like I said, I've been on both ends of that. I have not always handled myself well, and other people around me haven't handled themselves very well either. So this is a good reminder for for myself and for all of us is to remember to prioritize relationships over profit. Just because somebody moves on to something else doesn't mean that they can't still be your friend and you can't wish them well and you can't support them and encourage them. Entrepreneurs can prioritize these meaningful relationships with even customers, team members, coworkers, employees, when we're focusing on, on our, on these meaningful relationships more than profit. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. I think oftentimes we can forget that second part to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, Number five, trust in God's plan. Entrepreneurs, listen, we can trust that God has a plan for our business. And also that means being open to his guidance. Sometimes we dig our heels and say, nope, I'm going to trust you as long as it goes the way that I think it should go. But committing to the Lord means trusting in his plan. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. That is not always easy to do, friend, but it always works out better eventually. You may not see it now, but you make the decision now to follow God's plan, fully surrender to him. It's a wild ride and it's so worth it and it goes in directions that you never imagine that it will, but it's so worth it. And my future self is going to need to hear this because I know there's going to be other times down the road where I'm like, really God, this is the plan, but I'm trusting in his plan and I'm surrendered to his plan no matter what that is. So there's some reminders for you and for me and let's go out there and, and further his kingdom in all that we do, in our business, in our homes, and remind each other, hold each other accountable to that. I want to do that for you, and I hope that you do that for me as well. Reach out to me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. I love growing alongside you, and I can't wait to hear how maybe this has kind of stirred some things in your heart. Share with me some of some experiences that maybe this has reminded you of that's going on in your own life or in your past on how God has been working in your life and how he has brought you out of that hustle culture because I think it's so important we remind each other of where our truth and our identity comes from. It's from him and it never changes. His truth is always the same as today, yesterday, and tomorrow, always the same. So having him as our guide, him as our foundation, and us reminding each other, pointing each other back to him 
and and reminding each other where our true identity actually comes from. I just, I love doing this alongside community. I'd love to hear from you and I hope you have a blessed day and I'll be back in a couple days. Mm -hmm.